Francisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff farm going 99. Don't get it twisted. One and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the side. Welcome to the 49er Faithful UK show. It was the night before Christmas, and all through Levi's house, everything was stirring as the Niners delivered a 37 to 20 loss to the Washington Commanders. A good way to start Christmas. I'm Gareth Ellis, and still full of victory Christmas Day cheer and quite possibly some cake, it's Lee Gowland. Hey guys. Paul Hope. Hi everyone. Najee Kwa. Hello everyone. And back for an encore, it's Nick Ludlam. Hi guys. Hello. Uncle. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, Christmas Eve, 9 pm kickoff. Uh, I'm sure this was loved by families of the UK faithful up and down the country. Did you gentlemen get to enjoy the game, Paul? Yeah, so the compromise was the first half was watched on a variety of different devices, whilst my good friend Nick Ludlam kept me updated with significant events. Second half, I got the big TV to myself. And boy, oh boy, did the team show up in the second half. I'm sure Carl knew that I wasn't quite there in the first half. So what he did, Gareth, is he he, he put the word out to all the lads. That, well, I think Lee might have rang Jed and said, look, Paul's a family man. He's not really going to be in the second half. So, yeah, I did get to watch the game, buddy. So thanks for asking. Same boat. Yeah, missed the first half. And then it's just like, right, come on, everybody to bed. I've <laughs> got things to do. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think I was in the little bit of a better position because both my boys are now growing up the 18 and 21 um the youngest was out at work anywhere um the eldest he wasn't interested in what was going on on christmas eve anymore so yeah i, I got to actually watch the game in uh, peace and quiet in fact when when the youngest did come in from work he actually sat and watched it with us um mm-hmm. so yeah it was, it was it was a nice it's it seems strange watching football on christmas eve i don't know why because i've watched it on um christmas day quite a few times yeah. But just felt strange this time because it was going from Christmas Eve into Christmas Day. It's because it was a Saturday, wasn't it? It just felt like a Sunday, but yeah. it wasn't a Sunday. It was just a bit weird. Yeah. I mean, it was the perfect Christmas present. So, yeah. I mean, we, we can't complain yeah, sure. about it. For sure. Yeah, Nick. all went down the tree. Yeah, it was good fun. Um, it's just me here. Hence why there's so much going on behind me. I don't think a woman would allow me to have this much going on here. Um yeah, it was it was good fun. I say I, I remember quite a lot of the first half. I remember very little of the second half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fireballs do that to you. So uh, onto the game. The Commanders have certainly I thought a reasonably good defense, and we still put up thirty-seven points. Uh, quite simple. I think I'll start with uh, Lee. How good is this offense? Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna completely blow you out the water here. I am, honestly. So I'm, I'm going to start with somebody who you're probably is going to look at me and think, you must be crazy. You didn't watch that game. I thought somebody who had a, a particularly good game, probably one of the best games he's had this season, um, was on our offensive line, and he was the right tackle, and it was Mike McGlinchey. And you look all over the internet, and everybody is slating McGlinchey for those two flags. Yeah, he had two flags. Believe it or not, there was a game earlier on the season. Trent Williams had exactly the same two flags, but he didn't get the flag. Mike McGlinchey, I thought, was excellent against against the Washington pass rush. And this is one of the better teams in the NFL. They've got the fourth-ranked defense, and that's what they do. They've, they are very good. They've got Montez Sweat. They've got uh, Chase Young coming back. They, they are a very, very good defense. And when you watch him play, forget about those two flags. I thought he had an excellent game. I did. I was really impressed with them. 
you look at our offense, we've just put 37 points up on the fourth ranked defense. And and to be honest, I think that flattered Washington. I honestly yeah. do. Yeah. I, I think it could have been a lot more. We left a lot more points on the board than what uh, yeah. hopefully we would do in the playoffs because you yeah. need to convert every chance you get. But 37 points on, on the fourth ranked defense. It was great. And that pass, that, that touchdown pass that George Kittle stole <laughs> from Ray Ray McLeod, that was a hell of a pass. That was yeah. an absolute wonderful pass by Brock Purdy. And you know what? He's going down the rabbit hole again. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the offense. The offense is absolutely fantastic. You know, let's talk about Brock. You know that. It's my job. No, no. So, I mean, <laughs> I, I, after watching that, I was brocking around the Christmas tree all night long. Yeah. I, you know what? I'm, I'm going to back you up. I agree. McGlinchey was amazing. I think you don't score 71 touchdown to his side, 71 yard touchdown to his side if he's not good. That block he puts on is amazing. It takes like two guys, maybe three guys out on that play. Um, and yeah, two four starts. So what? He's an offensive lineman. That's, that's what they do. You know, he was a bit tired at the end of the game and got a couple of four starts. They're not ideal and he needs to clean that up. But I don't have a problem with it. Uh, and he's been playing you know, with broken ribs. And he's, yeah, there we go. I mean, you know, the, he always gets flack because he, he's not, he's not Trent Williams. That's why. And but I, I've said it all season. And and be careful what you wish for, people. He's better than seventy-five percent of the right tackles in this league. And I know everybody wants him gone, but I I'm one of the advocates to keep him because we know what we get and what he does. He does what well, he does well. He does it really well, and that's run blocking. Yeah, he's not a good pass blocker most of the time, but when he runs block and you got Rory McLeod, you know, you know, screaming down the sideline for 71 yards, that doesn't happen if he's not there. So you're gonna take, you know, the roof with this move, uh, and I'll, I'll take that any day. And I'm one for resigning him if we can, because I I bet you he's gonna get offers from uh, probably the Jets, probably Miami. Uh, to go and go and play over there for more money than we can give him. And and when we'll get a rookie down there that can't do either of what he's doing, then we'll be like, oh, remember Mike Lynch, you were complaining about it, and now we wish he was here. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I think it is like, to me, it's a bit like Jimmy. You know what you get with him. And sometimes it's very good, like he did on, on Sunday, on Saturday. Sometimes it's not so good, but it's not, it's, not, it's never lost us a game, I think. So, yeah, I agree with Julie. McGlinchy bombshell, Paul. Yeah, <laughs> McGlinchy bombshell. Merry um, Christmas, everyone. Yeah, I'm, I'm, to be fair, Najee, um, I saw something earlier where the Jets fans are complaining about Tomlinson. And when we lost Tomlinson, a lot of people were like, oh, it's going to be a, a huge loss. And I'm glad you've started Lee, with the offensive line because a lot of us are members of Club 85. And Kittle has been freed to be part of the offence now because the offensive line's playing so well. And me and Nick were saying, it was quite funny, Nick was texting me first half saying, everything we talked about in the pod, it's coming right in the game. And I was like, why are you surprised, Nick? This yeah. is what the 49 Faithful UK does. And we'd said, lads, that the offensive line was in for a test. This Washington team isn't to be taken lightly. And you look around the league, we're elite, we're up there, but not far behind us, it's Washington. Chase Young impressed me. Um, I was a little bit disappointed, Lee, with some of the players you alluded to. But again, I was sat with my positive hat on. And like you said, Nanji, I wasn't that upset. The two false starts. At the end of the day, we won the game 37-20. to 20. The offensive line played well. And when the offensive line plays well, Gareth, 
it frees up everything in Kyle Shanahan's playbook, the run game, the pass game. And the fact that, like you said, I was looking at my score prediction because I thought someone's going to remind me. I was like, yeah, it'll be 24-9. It'll be a close game. Didn't think we'd put 37 points up, but I'm on the same page as Lee and that. Yeah, I want to re-sign McGlinchey because I just don't think we'll get someone better what he brings to the team. Nick, I weigh in on the McGlinchey deep dive, which I did not see coming. As the first <laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel for Mike McGlinchey, I really do. The guy's become a victim of what's become popular on social media to bash somebody. And it's entirely undeserved. Yes, he has rough games. Everyone has rough games. There's no such thing as perfection. He is a he is a very good right tackle. I'd be gutted if he went to another team. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's I, really I think good. we can we can find better, but I don't think we can afford better. So that's you know yeah, that's that, the that, thing. That's the problem. It? We'd have to um, replace him through the draft, and that's an unknown. Yeah. And and then then you. For potentially putting yourself at risk, but well, um, I think the ideal position from here is resign him, keep him one, only one year, maybe franchise tag him if we have to, and then draft somebody and see if we can replace him like that. But uh, the O line's playing so well, I wouldn't want to dismantle it again and add new pieces again. Let's try and keep this going, it's going well. So, so before we move on, Gareth, like everyone goes on about like McGlinchey and all oh, that, has got 20 points. Just look at the stats there, we allowed four pressures in the game. With no individual player allowing more than one. And I think we're spoiled because Aaron Banks is playing so well. And you think back to last year, chaps, a lot of people like, oh, Banks is a wasted draft pick. And John Lynch came out and said, just wait. We haven't drafted him for this season. We've drafted yeah. him for next season. Mm-hmm. Spencer Burford posted his 12th game with one or fewer pressures. Let's face it, did we take Burford fourth round, fifth round? Fourth. Fourth, yeah. <laughs> so it just goes to show you, you know, the offensive line, like you said, Nadia, well, that's what I meant with. McGlinchey to replace him, you have to spend the money and be careful what yeah. you wish for because sometimes yeah. these free agents don't quite work they don't out. don't out either, yeah, true. See, I mean, the proof's in the stats as well. If you look at the yards, oh, in this particular game, you got, uh, what have I got written here? So the yards per rush, we we need, we, well, we, need, we did double it. We had 5.9 yards per rush, they were at 2.4. Yards per pass, 8.7, they were at 7.5. And the average yards per play, 7.3 yards per play. I mean, I know there's a lot of yak involved there, but the offensive—it starts at the offensive lines, allowing the quarterback to be able to do whatever the, is needing to be done. Yeah. So what I would say about the yak yards this time in, in the game against the Washington Commanders, it wasn't because we were throwing out uh, passes out to to the flat and getting oh. all the yak yards after the actual pass. Some of the passes that uh, Brock Purdy was making, he was hitting the receiver in stride, which obviously is always going to help the receiver get yards after the catch. Yeah. And George Yeah, yeah. And he was pushing it downfield, which is yeah. the main thing. Yeah, he is. Yeah. See, I want to ask Gareth a question before because Nadji's already mentioned the Ray Ray McLeod. We've been pushing for a kick return or a punt return. Surely that has to count. It was seventy one no. yards, man. I no. was off my chair. I was like, yeah, go I'm not, Ray Ray. I'm not, I'm not counting it as a return now. It's a good touchdown though. It was a very good touchdown. Uh, I think some much uh, deserved love for the offensive line there and, and McGlinchey, who has certainly uh, come in for some flack, certainly for me, I think, on this show over the last few seasons. But yeah, I think that was a, was a good place to start because the offensive line has been playing, uh, as you said, particularly well. Do you think that has been a reaction to Brock being behind them? 
just that they seem to be so comfortable. I don't think so. I think it's just natural progression. We've said, I've said it from week one. We wanted to see them and, you know, the three new guys in the middle, Brendel, uh, Banks and, and Burford, get better and get acquainted to each other. Because offensive line is very much a unit as any on the field. I think it might be even the ones that needs to be the tighter group together because they rely so much on each other. And it, it was always going to take time for these five guys to get acquainted and get used to how each of them plays. And we remember in, in, in the beginning of the season against the Rams where Burford missed a block and that Donald went free. We haven't seen that since uh, for a while now. And it's just incremental um, progression that they've been going through. And I think we're just now seeing what a good O-line that plays together, stay together for the whole season and not sweep, swapping players in and out because of injury or else. Those two are an O-line. And now they've just reached, I hope not their peak, because I hope they can even get better and carry on that in the playoffs and beyond. Um, but no, I think it's just natural. Um, we were always going to see that if we gave them time and trusted them to do what they needed to do. Um, and, and and yeah, it's it's just nice to see. And uh, we needed it. I think I think it's the opposite way around. I think it helps Brock more than Brock is helping the O-line. You've, uh, you mentioned a, a big game for Kittle and a big run for Ray Ray McLeod. Encouraging signs we're talking about Kittle this time of the season uh, and interesting for what the offense might look like if uh, Ray Ray McLeod and Debo are both going to be on the field, which we could see. Possible. Yeah, I, I think Brock and, and George clearly have got a good chemistry and sometimes, you know, QBs just find chemistry like this out of training camp or practice or whatever, they're just on the same page for whatever reason. It was, you know, Trey and Ayuk clearly had something uh, cooking that we saw early on. Um, you know, if you remember Jimmy and Trent Taylor the first year, they had really good connection. Sometimes it just, it comes out of nowhere. Um, but yeah, it seems like Purdy trusts George to be the right place and just feed him the ball. And we know what he can do when he's got the ball in his hand. It's, yeah, it's good to see. Um to be reminded how good he is. And it's kind of a shame to to know have him do this more often. But also, he's fit and healthy. He's playing really well, r- just at the right time. So, yeah, it's really nice to see. Club 85 was out in force on Twitter, Gareth. I mean, he stepped up when we needed him the most. No Debo Samuel. For me, he was our best offensive weapon against Washington. You, you look at the stats, what he had there, six catches for 120 yards. And he stretched his... New career high for touchdown passes. Eight, two games remaining to build on that total. And he's just getting better and better. That second touchdown was a carbon copy of one against Seattle. Brock Purdy just throws the ball out to him and he just takes off to the house. But for me, great to see. I mean, a second multi-touchdown game from George. Let's face it, there was talk of maybe getting rid of Kittle start the season, Nadji. Maybe his contract was a bit too pricey. Was he not contributing to the team? And I think he's bounced back in style. And... It's always great to see George play with a smile on his face. He's just as happy scoring those touchdowns as he is blocking. But long may it continue for me, Gareth. Club 85, definitely enjoyed that one, buddy. Yeah, he is kind of stepping up to what everybody wanted him to do early on in the season. And I think Gareth's right. I don't I don't think it is... Um, a, a, it's definitely not a coincidence. It, it is tied to Brock Purdy. Um, Brock has confidence in Kittle. Kittle has confidence in Brock. He just knows where to to get him to the ball. And with Ray Ray McLeod, you, you see the the chemistry they've got there. I, I think with quarterbacks that they need to be able to 
just judge that speed that the receiver's moving at. And he's obviously done that with uh, Ray Ray McLeod very well because he can drop the ball straight into his arms. But that's not to say that he doesn't have any chemistry with anybody else. I mean, Jawan Jennings has been absolute gold on third down for us. Um, Ayuk is pulling in the uh, passes, and obviously you can't discount McCaffrey either. I think our offense as a whole, it's, it's an absolute juggernaut. I, I said this weeks ago now. We are an absolute juggernaut on offense now, and we just seem to be getting better. <laughs> and again, I'm going to start upsetting people here. It seems to to be we're getting a lot better ever since Jimmy went out. We, we now have somebody that I think everybody is still a little bit surprised about, but has the utmost confidence in Brock. T- two of his best throws on on um, Christmas Eve really amounted to nothing, but they were so impressive. And, and one of them, he actually threw the ball away. So the the one where he basically scrambled away from the defender, did that pirouette move, and then threw the ball insane. out. Yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo would never have done that. No. No. Because he doesn't have the mobility anymore because of his yeah. knee. So that was very impressive. And to me, that, that was very Russell Wilson-esque. Obviously, yeah. a good few years ago. Um, <laughs> and, and the other throw, the other throw was called back for an offensive lineman downfield. And again, he escaped the pressure he scrambled out and with a sidearm throw got the ball to Joan Jennings, which would have gotten us the first down. But there was a flag on the field because there was an offensive lineman downfield because the player took that long because he was scrambling out. And I thought that was an excellent throw as well. So to me, those two throws there, I thought were, were the better players of the game for Brock. That kind of underlines the maturity and experience he has. And that's come with all the different uh, games he's played during the college career. Yeah, um, I kind of disagree. I think his best player is the first player of the game. Um, that player is insane. Uh, again, it's a Pat Mahomes-like throw. Um, I don't know if you all remember. It's the one where it's a fake um, fake pitch, right? And then he comes back and he's got the defender, free defender rushing at him. And he the, just... Is this the one to Ayuk? Yeah, uh, yeah, to Ayuk, yeah. yeah. And he just re-angled his body... It, it, on the dot like this and just passes it to Ayuk exactly where he needs to be. And again, if Justin Herbert or Josh Allen or Pat Mahomes does that play, it's on every highlight you see on NFL Network all week, all the time. Yeah, but again, And then he just does it week in, week out. It just keeps doing it and people don't mention it as much as they should, I think. But that play was insane. This is not the kind of thing Completely agree. Uh, and that was the type of thing I was trying to get at, that he's not having to hit a home run to have a really good play. Yeah, he's yeah, doing absolutely. what needs to be done on that particular player to to get the ball to where it needs to be, or to get the ball away from where it doesn't need to be. And yeah. I, I think that's what I'm trying to get at. His football smarts are there. Yeah. He knows what he needs to do to keep the yeah. ball safe, to keep himself safe, and to put his receivers in the best possible position to make a play. Yeah, he, he's uh, yeah, he, he impresses me so much every week. I I, I honestly cannot believe what. You, well, I see every week that play you talk where he just it's an incompletion. He just throws the ball away. He doesn't even see the receipt, the the rusher coming, and he just escapes the pocket. And it's like instinctive. Or maybe he does see him. Maybe he's got like a really wide vision, and and that really helps him. I don't know, but he just seems to like the defender is about to crush him, and he just escapes by doing a pure. And then he's not quite as fast as him, and he eventually catches him back. But it's just yeah every every week he has one or two plays where you just you know wow this is how where how where does that come from this is insane how is this guy not a first rounder 
And uh, yeah, may, long may you continue, as Paul loved to say, but I am so on board with the Brockport. I've been very close to buying buy now on, on a jersey. Um, <laughs> it's just... Um, I think uh, yeah. I think everyone's on board the uh, the Brock Express. Oh, yeah. oh the Brock Express is. Yeah. Nick, Nick, what's uh, impressed you most about uh, Purdy's play? It doesn't feel like you're watching a rookie. The man, he, like you said, he got he he does seem to have it all. He can get out of the pocket. He can make those throws. He knows when to get rid of the ball. He's, he threw one uh, completion to Ayuk. It was a bit low, but it was the only place that. Well, only Ayuk could catch it. He has three players barreling towards him. Nails it. Done. Third down completion. He he, he looks. He, he does feel like the real deal. Uh, I was particularly impressed as well, actually, by his post-game press conference, where he's clearly very comfortable with the team and he's comfortable enough to make jokes about um, George Kittle and the, and the Iowa and Iowa State um, connection there. Yeah. You know, joking, oh, I couldn't. I, you know, I deliberately throw him short because I couldn't have him scoring three. Not, not, not a Hawkeye. It, you can <laughs> see how much he's been accepted by the team already, and yeah. you've got to love every part of it. Yeah, how can you not? Ooh. Right. It's... Well, I was hoping, Gareth, that we'd finish off the offence before we got the Brock Express going, but I know Nadji can't control himself. But it's, to be fair, Gareth, it's, it's was... out of control. The Brock Express just ploughs through everything. <laughs> <laughs> I was tempted, Nadji, to come on today and be like, oh, I don't know, Brock's limitations showed against this Washington defence. There was a couple of throws he might have back. And then I went and watched the game back today and I was like, I can't even keep a straight face while I'm saying it. I mean, like you chaps have said, and I'm not going to regurgitate it all, he's just been impressive. And the fact that we put 37 points up, what I found impressive, Gareth, is a lot of people think Shanahan is a run-first coach. But if you go back and watch our games this year, the run Running game isn't always go to. Against Washington, none of the running backs stood out for me. We were quite pass-heavy, and that's great to see in this league. And like you said, Dadgy, Pat Mahomes, he does some of the stuff Purdy's doing. Good morning football, I've its own show about it. Um, yeah. I have seen a couple of Purdy jerseys being ordered, Gareth. I'm waiting for Nadji to post this, because the driver of the Brock Express has number 13. Surely to God, chaps. I feel I'm going to have to. The... The all white from the Seattle just to remind us when we clinch the West. That's what I like to do when I buy a jersey. Uh, I got the CMC white away one from the, you know, sweeping the Rams can thing just to remind me that that's when CMC we were like, oh, okay, cool. This is a good player. <laughs> and I, yeah, I might just have to do that. Uh, just to, yeah. The only thing I was going to say, Gareth, is even the interception for me. It wasn't a great throw, but that's on Jennings. It's a good, so, it's a good throw. It's a good it's enough throw. I should have caught that. Yeah, it is. Should have yeah. threw it up. But what mm. I was thinking, that is Mr. Simpson had his pen clicked and he was writing that down. <laughs> I thought, I never called the no interception game this week. That's not on me. But even that, we, we always thanked Jimmy for bouncing back from a player like that, Nadji. And, and again, it didn't affect his confidence. And like you said, some of the footage when you watch back, he's putting the ball. There was one throw to Kittle. I can't remember... The, the, the connotation but he puts the ball in front of Kittle Kittle grabs it and then there's another 15 yards in front and he's got that extra 15 yards because of where Purdy's placed the ball so yeah I'm, I'm fully on board Gareth I've got my ticket and I'm right behind Nadji on the Owls Brock Express <laughs> I say, You mentioned about the interception mine if you look as well one of the very first passing plays of the second half is the exact same play and he nails it he's yeah. not he's not afraid there is no. no fear in that lad in any way shape or form and it's not bad well, actually, to have in a rookie. 
got some breaking yeah. news for you, Nick. So I did Let's yeah. Talk Sports earlier, and your good friend Ash, who's a Patriots fan, put mm-hmm. live on air that he's purchasing his Purdy 13 jersey for the Super Bowl. <laughs> so that's just going to show you, Nadji, he's converting Patriots fans that boy. Yeah. yeah, yeah that's because yeah. he doesn't want to wear my George Kittle jersey because it'll make him look like he's wearing a dress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Brook Express, I think, is, is just gathering momentum. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what was impressed me most, as well as the decision making, is while he may not have the strongest arm, within that sort of 30 to 40 yard range that he's got, he can hit every part of the field accurately. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's not parts he hasn't been able to make outside the numbers, over the middle, on the run, rolling out. He's he's able to make all the passes and all of them accurately over over his his range. Uh, and that's just that's exactly what Shanahan's been looking for. I think that's part of the reason why he's obviously looking so good is that it just seems to be that happy link between this is the guy that can run this offense. And that's down down to them and, and coaching as well as Purdy as well. So great stuff. Uh, Tyrion Davis Price sighting. Thought I'd I mention know. that. Nagy, yeah. chief back. It, what's going on? I did, Kyle, Kyle's and, and his rookies, right? It's just like we were all expecting, and me first, obviously, because I called a Jordan Mason game, to see Jordan Mason more involved. And he's not even, he's playing on special teams. And, and I know he got a knock or something, but I don't think he got a single snap on offense and, and TDP did. So, what's going on? When does this come from? <laughs> we haven't seen TDP for three, four weeks. Um I think it's just maybe I don't know maybe it's just practice and whoever's hot this week and whoever's grasping the the concept they want to run this week or maybe it's just a matchup thing. Um, I'm really not quite sure. Uh, that took me to left field. I was like, Where, where's Charles Mason? And then I saw him on the kick return or something. I was just like, oh okay, well that's weird. Uh, but we've we've seen it with Walmart. We've seen it with Mason now and TDP. And it's just it's what Kyle does. I think it's keep you know the rookie that. <laughs> don't get too carried away. I know you had a 56-yard run against Seattle, but I just you're still a rookie. Uh, go back to what you need to do, and then we're gonna get you know we're gonna get TDP some reps. You take a rest. You you've had a good game, whatever. It, it it's a mentality that kind of has, and it's been working. So I can't really question it, even though I really wanted to see more Jordan Mason. But if that means we see that game that I called in the playoffs when teams are not expecting it, then I'm all for it. Uh, and it's good to see that TDP was back and he's, he's still looking um, as good as he has uh, early on in the season. I think he was pretty decisive on his run. I think he's a mix of CMC and Mason. Mason is the the bulldog. He'll just rush straight ahead and, and get the yards they need. CMC is a bit more finesse and catching the ball. And TDP is kind of in the middle. He can do a bit of both. Uh, so I think we got a really good backfield. Obviously, Mitchell's coming soon. So, um, yeah, I think, we think we're looking good in the backfield. TDP, anyone care to weigh in on his performance? I think he struggled to replicate um, Mason's power. But like Nadji said, I think the game plan was was there to be different. So, I mean, look at the stats there. Price and McCaffrey combined for just 76 rushing yards on 24 carries. But we won the game 37 to 20. So I don't really care, to be honest. And I think, like you said, Nadji, maybe he's, he's using these games towards the end of the season to blood them in and keep teams guessing. Because let's face it, we were all pretty high on Jordan Mason. I know I've got a few friends who are Washington fans. They were really nervous about Jordan Mason. Like you said, Nancy, the text come through. Where's this Jordan Mason you've been talking about? It's like, oh, <laughs> TDV's playing. So, but no, I'm not overly worried, Gareth. Kyle Shanahan knows a lot more than me. What about you, Lee? 
Yeah, so I was quite surprised to see him as well. Um, I, I don't know if that's because I, I didn't particularly think Kyle rated him or, or whether or not it was because um, Jordan Mason had a bigger inju- injury than what we expected or what Hello. we thought he had. Um, and I think it's probably the latter. And um, we we at the end of the season now, we'd already won the West anyway. It is a very good time to try out some of these other fringe players, get them a little bit game experience, so that once we do get into the playoffs, they do have some sort of match fitness about them, um, game fitness, because we're going to need every single one of the roster to get through the playoffs, because we're going to come up against some big physical teams that basically want to hurt us. So I think it's a good idea to get as many people on the field as possible. Thanks, you. We leave the offense and go over to the defensive side of the ball. I just want to give a shout out to Willie Sneed because that block he did as well on that touchdown was pretty impressive too. And that was his only snap on offense the whole game. So thank you, Mr. Sneed. Um, but as as Lee just said, you don't win the Super Bowl by relying on you know, 11, 12, 13 players on offense. You, you need your 53 to win it all. And that kind of guy that's got experience and can do something like that on the play that they just don't expect it. It's great to see. Uh, I'm glad he's with us because he's been productive in the league and you never know, he might change the game at some point. Uh, so, yeah, just shout out to what he's need. Got to give a mention to Ayuk before we move on, Gareth. He was excellent for me again on Saturday. Seven targets for 81 receiving yards and that one towards Standard the Ayuk. end of the second half. Oh, so far he was going to get a, a touchdown. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. I think Ayuk, I'm smiling, Gareth, because we all called for Ayuk at the start of the season. Nadji alluded to that chemistry with Trey. And we said he's going to become our number one wide receiver. Doesn't necessarily mean he's our best player, but he's he's looking very comfortable as that wide receiver one for me. And I'm just a massive fan of number 11. And I'm sure you've already got the jersey, Nadji. I do. I do, I do. Got that when he got drafted. So defensively, uh, Nick Bosa had another good game and seems to be finally getting recognition around the league as a, a possible or even probable Defensive Player of the Year candidate. Uh, Nick, what have you made of uh, of Bosa's performance and season, really? Uh, What can you say? The man just every single week, he's phenomenal. Uh, He just absolutely dominates. It doesn't matter where he lines up, he's going to break through that line and he's going to hit the quarterback. Um, (laughs) Yeah, the guy's fantastic. What else can you want from the man? Well, he's finally, and I think you alluded to it, Gareth, a few weeks back. I think he's finally maybe choosing his time better, when to do his move. I don't know if it's a tactical thing or if he just got a little bit lucky because it's obviously, luck is obviously involved in any kind of sport. But he's now, now he's not just dominant, he's actually actively changing the game. And I think that's why he's now in discussion for the POI, and I think he'll get it if he carries on playing like this, unless Michael Parsons has a game with nine sacks or some, something like that. Um, but yeah, he, he used to be very good, but the sacks that he would get wouldn't really matter that much. Um, but now, the you know, the false fumbles, the sack, at, you know, on fourth down, that kind of stuff that really pops on the screen and in a stat sheet it's just that little different that makes it you know it just shows on 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 national television or whatever people are talking about it rather than just being oh boss has just had another sack it's just is is now he's a difference maker and a and a playmaker so uh yeah I, that's what that's what i've been crying for for the whole season until he did 
eventually do it and then it's getting stronger and stronger out it i think any o-line now that's gonna have to face rd line because it, i as much as i love boss i don't think it's all about him either and armstead and kinlaw coming back is massive for him um but yeah any o-line playing that d-line is really gonna have starting having nightmares uh, for a long time until even long after they've played them uh, it's not easy to prepare for first for sure it's good to see Bose has responded so well to your criticism Naji. it seems to yeah. have uh, fired him up a bit uh, you mentioned yeah. uh, Armstead yeah. uh, is it, it's no surprise that Bose's best few games I think have coincided with Armstead being back good to see um, Javon Kinlaw uh, yeah, play a few I, snaps yeah, Kinlaw and Armstead are just... I'm so glad Kinlaw is back and playing, and they played the full game. I know Leo wants to talk about it because you really love him. Um, but yeah, those two guys are just... They're our starters for a reason. And I know we've proud ourselves on depth and you know rotation and all that, but I think Kinlaw and Armstead are just a, a notch above you know Hyder and Spence and, and all those other guys behind. And it helps... Omenihu and Bosa and, you know, all about pass rushers getting so much better because those two guys are damn much better. And Kinlo had an amazing game. That, uh, that goal line stand was on, on, on a fourth down was all in just by himself. And he hasn't played in six months or whatever. It's very impressive. And I'm very happy that he's back with us and playing. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that goal line stand because it was Kinlaw that did all the work yeah. to allow um, Fred Warner to actually make the tackle because it was Fred Warner yeah. that was credited with that tackle. Um, Kinlaw was actually only credited with one tackle, but it's not all about the tackles. We, we already know this. You, you look at both Armstead and Kinlaw, and if you're just going to base them off stats, then you'll probably think, oh, well, the poor players because they're not really doing anything. They're doing everything that makes it work on the outside. That helps the likes of Nick Borsa, uh, Charles Amenihu, Kerry Hyder, Jordan Willis. Helps all those players, makes them better. They they are doing all the hard work in the centre by pulling more than one player away from them. They're, they're pulling two, they're taking double teams. Uh, Kinlaw, Kinlaw's such a big guy. He's an absolute beast. And he's yeah. just powering through them, which is obviously bringing all of their players into Kinlaw to try and stop him and releasing, releasing the edge. So you can't underestimate the impact that both Kinlaw and Armstead has had over the last couple of weeks. And it's really exciting, the fact that it's happening now, coming into the playoffs. Um, I know Kinlaw was limited in practice this week because of his knee. I kind of expected that. I would expect he's going to be limited all the way up until into the playoffs. I think Kyle will just take it easy easy on him. I think he said in his press conference he was only wanting to do between 12 and 15 snaps um, and he allowed him to go in towards the, the end of the game because he'd only done 12 snaps and let him have th- uh, another three and he's trying to limit the amount he does at the moment to try and get him up to game fitness and I think that's good because I, if we have a fit Kinlaw and a fit Armstead then I've got to say I, I think we've got the best defensive line in the league. I know the Eagles are good but with Kinlaw and Armstead in the centre that makes us the best. Uh, I'm absolutely 100% convinced, though. Yeah, I agree. They no, set I... the tone early as well in that very first drive. Yeah. They, they cr- packed the middle, tackle for loss, and that just set it as like, right, you, you shall not pass. Yeah. See, I was just going to say, Gareth, I'm glad that they've shown the defensive line they love and not just Borsa. As much as Borsa was breathtaking, 
the fact that we've spent half an hour talking about this offence, and I'm smiling because I knew we've got the defence to talk about. And like you said, Lee, <laughs> it remains the backbone of this team. And like Nick's just said, it sets the tone. I mean, Bosa hits the quarterback, the ball pops out, he's done there doing his celebration. Behind Jordan Willis is scooping that ball up, and I couldn't be happier for Willis as I was for Bosa. You yeah. talk about Kinlaw and that stand, and I'm, I'm sat at home thinking, this defence is just awesome. And we have been saying that from early on in the season. And a few people who were not 49ers fans laughed at me when Lee was very bold and said, this is going to be historically one of the best defences in the 85 Bears. My friends were like, you lads are drinking the Kool-Aid on your show. You're too biased. You've got your red and gold, rose-tinted glasses. And I'm sitting back now, Lee, thinking, it's on the tape. You just put the 49ers game on and you look at what the teams do after they've played us. The hangover continues because they've faced that such ferocity in the defence it carries over to the week after. But for me, Nick Bosa, I was going to say, he's listened to what Nadji said, Gareth. Not Kyle Shanahan's criticism, because that <laughs> press conference of the week was hilarious. It's Nadji Kara who's getting all the credit. So, well done, Nadji. Please keep it going, because I want to see him get that defensive player of the year. You, you know, it's Nick weird, Bosa cause... probably has mistook him for being Aaron Rodgers. That's where it was. <laughs> it's weird, but Jimmy Ward's not listening. So, it's interesting. J- Jimmy Ward has been outstanding. He's been absolutely outstanding. I'm going to back Jimmy Ward every single time. Uh, Jimmy Ward right. with his third, have pick six. his third interception of the season. Should have been a pick six. D- definitely dropped it, got away with it. I've, I've got and... to say, I had to watch that at least a dozen times because I was not convinced that was a, an interception. I could have sworn the ball moved to touch the yeah, ground. I think it up. did. It was his forearm. It was his right was forearm yeah. that came down. I just... It, <laughs> He got the ball is thrown to him though. Like if he doesn't catch it, that's that's the cra- the crime. I don't understand. He's playing well. He's playing very the well. The thing is but... though, Ward leaves the game. Nadji Lee's boy Walmart comes in. Oh, and I'm yeah. sorry, Lee, but yeah, that was bad. That that, was... I mean, it was it's scary, Terry. Right, it, hard to defend. Very hard to defend <laughs> for a rookie. Let's be fair. Let's be fair. He didn't leave the side. There was no separation there. Yes, yeah. he didn't make the tackle, but he he was right in his pocket. Yeah. It's just, uh, yeah, yeah, whatever. That's how you look. The, the thing as well, Gareth, we're talking about this defence and we haven't even talked about Fred Warner yet, who <laughs> led the way with 13 tackles. I mean, Dre Greenlaw seemed quiet, dare I say it, because Fred yeah. Warner was that good. And it Fred was just... Warner was like Superman. Yeah. He was. He, he was just all over that field. I could yeah. not believe how many pivotal tackles had Fred Warner's name on it. Yeah, that's crazy. He's so good. He's so good. It's just, it's Fred, isn't it? He's going to be all pro again, finally. And, um, yeah, he's so good. Let's be honest, he's heading to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Well, well, there's a long way I, to go. but the, the, yeah, There's a long way is. to go, but the, the type he of play be. he's putting in, he, he's been absolutely dominant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. And an honourable mention, Gareth, stealing your, your thunderous horse. Mooney Ward did a great job and Scary Terry until he went out injured. And again, that seven... That seven jersey just looks so good on a defensive player. And Mooney Ward's becoming one of my favourites. And I was gutted when he had to leave for the injury. Yeah, a bit concerned about that. That's two concussion, even though he came back during a game. Uh, it's another concussion really soon after the other one. Um, that, you know, when you hear Tua talking about it and he might be gone for the season, you know, because he's mm-hmm. had another one. That's not the kind of injuries you want to see pile up. Um, on a player, even though he seems to be coming back, it's like that kind of looming thing. I hope he's okay. I hope he takes it easy. We might not need him this week or next week. So let's, you know, we need him for the playoffs. I hope he's all right. 
And at the risk of playing devil's advocate, Nadji, dare I criticise Hufanga when I watched the game back? The touchdown looked as if Hufanga was, was lost busted. in coverage a little bit. And... Yeah, I mean, that was, he, you know, he had the ball a long time. He had to cover it for a long, long time. That's that's difficult for anybody to do. And uh, yeah, he's, I don't think he's a, he's a covering safety. <laughs> he's a tackling pig machine is not a that player lasted long uh sorry lasted less than the uh sammy womack player yeah exactly yeah no, it's as if I we think... made that up late it's as if yeah we i know so if we're going to no, say about I... length of play <laughs> but i think that's where we're going to go with huff i think that that's that's what we're going to have to sign up for he's he is going to get beat sometimes because he's so aggressive and so ed reed was exactly the same and uh you know he'll just get caught sometimes because he's picking in the backfield trying to to change the game, make a big play, go for a pick. I, when I was a safety, I was exactly the same. And uh, I got caught, you know, on my heels a few times that I shouldn't have. But that, uh, you can't be safe and and have play-changing games uh, when you play safety. Unfortunately, it's it's a poison you have to pick. And I think that's what we get. And that's what Gibson has been very, very good because he, he can, you know, um, I'm looking for words there, but he can mask some of those those decision that half max but and also he's, he's a second year player <laughs> he's still learning um you know so yeah but I'm you know smiling, it, but ultimately it didn't no yeah it's it, 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 better, not better now context i just wanted to throw in now, like you said he makes up for it with the tackles and the fact that like you said he makes the big players but i did enjoy jimmy ward's third interception of the season if that was a pick six nadji yard mentions on twitter buddy would have worn why up. did he <laughs> He could have just caught that on his feet and run. Why did he dive? Make, making sure of it. Make sure. Get the you know, catch but, first. But almost bobbly a little bit. <laughs> uh, he'll be he'll be in, in Houston next year or in Denver with Demeco. You sound so okay. sad about that, buddy. It'll be all right. Jordan, uh, Jordan Willis was a name I had written down as one we've not really talked about much this season, but he had a, a little bit of a a standout game I think certainly one where I noticed his contribution more so than in recent weeks again that's got to be a good sign that some of these players are coming in and making plays at this point of the season yeah yeah he's been doing that quite a bit isn't he every time he's in he doesn't have that many snaps but he he makes them count and that pick was was pretty cool he basically most an offensive lineman which is pretty impressive but yeah he seems to have a knack for a big play doesn't he and uh, yeah I like him I like him a lot 28, 28 snaps. That's not bad. Out of 67, I think, we had on, yeah. on defense. So, you know, that's good. Like you said, Gary, if it wasn't just the fumble, I remember there was a huge tackle for a loss. And after what he did against Green Bay, he's a firm fan favorite in my eyes. So, yeah, I, I said it. The defensive line is probably the backbone of this team. And it's probably still our best performing unit. Given the offense has just put 37 points up and we're looking great with the Brock Express, our D-line. And is where our true strength is for me. So I think we've uh, we've done the commanders. Shall we uh, move on to look at the uh, forthcoming game against the Raiders? Let's. New Year's Day. The Niners will face the unfaithful to the Bay Raiders for uh, the first visit to their new home. Uh, the Raiders have announced that Derek Carr will be benched and the Niners will face the mighty Jared Stidham. Uh, is this harsh on Carr? Paul, kick us off. Well, Kind of. It depends on which way you look at it. So I saw a tweet about that. Car's 32.9 million salary next year and 7.5 million of his 2024 salary would have become fully guaranteed 
he was to get hurt in one of the Raiders' last two games. So it makes financial sense that you've got the defensive line that we've got coming into the Raiders. So I felt a bit sorry for Carr. I don't think he's been terrible, as some people would make out. Um, I'm not sure what Stidham is going to bring different. I mean, Nick's good friend Ash is a Patriots fan. He hit me up on Let's Talk Sports and said he's very up and down, very volatile. I just, the Raiders, isn't it? You just have to smile because for me, I remember the game against the Raiders when George Kittle got his one-handed catch and Nick Mullins was in at quarterback and we all got a bit excited. I'm looking forward to see what Brock does on New Year's Day. Um, I think the Raiders have just given up for the season, Gareth. And for us, it just shows, doesn't it, that Derek Carr's been benched. I, I want to say I feel sorry for Devontae Adams, but I really don't. I don't know you guys are feeling. <laughs> don't no, I don't, I don't feel sorry for yeah. them at any of them. No, They're not 49 players. Don't feel sorry for them. No, put yourself in that situation, buddy, yeah, exactly. by leaving one of the greatest quarterback ever to go and play in Las Vegas. Um, yeah, it's an interesting decision. I think that clearly says that they're not going to keep him. And uh, and then Josh McDonald's going to try and get Tom Brady, I guess. That's that's the, that's the idea. Um yeah, they've given up, haven't they? It's just, it's, it's a weird move, though. I mean, she's just, I don't know. What I was good not... about Nadji was the fact that Carr has thrown 14 interceptions and we've got 15 for the season. And we need I... Warmack to get like 27 to hit lead yeah, ball prediction. Yeah. So I was <laughs> excited she... for Derek Carr to be throwing that Fear ball not. around and he's not there, Lee. Sorry, buddy. You know, yeah. if Jared Stidham is, is a backup, there's a reason for it. I think it's, uh, it's really, I, you know, I'll go, I'll go for it. Ball prediction off the bat, three picks. It'll fall three picks uh, easily. Um, so don't don't be afraid, Paul. We'll, we'll be all right with our defense. Oh, I'm not so, afraid. I just don't think they're going to throw the ball. I think Sidham's oh, they will. 61 passes and never they will when they're 30 points so down. It'll just be Josh Jacobs, Josh Jacobs, Josh Jacobs. So. Nah, they won't. They won't do that. You can't do that when when it's 30 to nothing and uh, you have to try and pretend you care. Yeah, when, when the number one uh, running back in the league is suddenly getting uh, beat behind the line of scrimmage every time, they're going to have to throw the ball. And yep. I, I was kind of hoping for a, a different ball prediction from Najee, the same one that he uh, went with uh, Michael Parsons with the nine and a half sacks. I'd be quite happy if uh, Bosa got nine and a half sacks because that would take us exactly to my ball prediction for what Bosa was going to get at the start of the season. Um, well, so could, yeah. Four, four and a half now, four and a half next next week. Yeah, well, greedy. I want them to get on nine and a half this Sunday. <laughs> Alex Simpson will be listening to this. You've called he nine and be. a half sacks. He's uh, going to be coming for you, mate. Yeah, it's hard to talk about this game because it, it, it generally does feel like the Raiders are not taking it seriously. And I, I'm when we are playing for the number one seed. Um, I don't want to hear in this number two business. We're playing for the number one seed until it's mathematically gone away from us. We will be playing for the number one seed, not the number two, the number one seed. Realistically, uh, realistically, realistically is the two, yes. But also realistically, Jalen Hurts is still not playing. So the Eagles are going to lose. And... Um, and the Vikings are going to lose against the Packers. So we will be number two regardless whether we win or not. And uh, so, yeah, it, you know, we, we need to keep on playing. But, yeah, it, it does feel like what should have been a, a tie game against a very good AFC West, you know, that big division that was supposed to be super powerful. Um, is Wouldn't it be really funny now? if the Packers squeeze into the playoffs only to come and face us at Levi's? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, I would I would rather play the Giants or mm-hmm. 
No, I think I'd rather go up against Rogers. <laughs> Just <laughs> so we can beat him again. Yeah, well, yeah. But yeah, so that's what I was saying. It's a bit, it's a bit hard to analyze and be like, oh yeah, the, these players are going to be because I don't think the Raiders really care, and I think a lot of players are going to take business decisions to not go 100% on the Raiders' side to uh, maybe you know go and scave and go in the off season not injured, uh, which is yeah. So it's a weird one. Um, I think it should be fairly easy for us. I think you've hit the nail on the head, Nadji. When we were talking the group chat, Gareth, and we looked at the fact that Perryman's out with a shoulder injury, you've got Chandler Jones is missing, the fact that they've, they've benched Khan, you think we're on the momentum, we're heading to the playoffs and we want to keep that going. So I just, it's a difficult one. I haven't seen much of the Raiders. One of the lads at my flag team, Nadji's a Raiders fan, and he texted me three days ago and he went, I'm not even watching the game, so you can stop <laughs> the trash talking now. I don't care. So it just goes to show you, like you said, this, this division. I mean, I have a, I have a friend who's a Broncos fan, Gareth, who after week three was very chirpy on Twitter. And I haven't heard of him for that many weeks. I had to put an SOS out asking if he was all right. Because, you know, the Broncos and the Raiders fans at the start of the season were giving it all that. And let's face it, it hasn't amounted to much. But uh, I'm looking forward to the game. because it's, it's not on Sky. No, we're not, we're not going to be on Sky ever. Uh, this season, that's it. Assuming that uh, Devontae Adams uh, does play, uh, Nick, do, who, who do you think will get the job of keeping him quiet? Will that just go to Ward? Do you think he'll travel? Ward yeah. plays, Ward travels with him, completely shuts him out, shows why he's one of the best corners in, in, in the NFL. I mean, yeah, the, the writing's been on the wall for the, for Vegas since, uh, I, I, I'd say week four, when at the end of the game, their star linebacker quits to go sell Pokemon cards. That says a lot about your team. <laughs> they were done at that point. I mean, come on. Yeah. You know, <laughs> they've, yeah, they've, it's, they've, it's weird vibes of it. The Las Vegas circus, haven't they, really? They've, <laughs> they've embraced the city. Yeah, yeah. this is it. Even, but even their own city is against them. Uh, the, Vegas has them as being 10-point underdogs. And that's with a three-point bounce for being a home team. So they're essentially 13-point underdogs. I mean, they really don't have a lot of faith in that team. And it, McDaniels has just trashed it. But he's got all—he's got great players. You look at it on paper, they should be a fabulous team, and they're just awful. But I think I think he was on purpose, and I don't want this to turn into a Raiders podcast, but I think he's doing it on purpose because he wants to wash himself of the Gruden Mario Kara players, and he wants to press the big reset button, and there's no better way to do that but by looking absolutely dreadful for a season and being allowed to uh, do it. I, I, he's risking his own job. Sure by that, I know right? he is, but he also doesn't really care because he knows he can always just snap back to the Patriots whenever he pretty much wants to. So I, I think that's the way he sees it. And 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 I that's what that's probably what I would have done if I'd become a head coach over there is try to wash your hands of all the people that came before you did because it wasn't very good and uh, and then so you can build your own death you know your own dynasty kind of thing um, maybe uh, but it, remember it, this is his last chance of being a head coach after he's already is failed he, in Denver. He's, he's quite young so I'm not sure it is. I'm not sure it is. I'm sure he can easily go back to the Patriots, put his head down for another two or three years, and when Belichick decides to retire, he can have that job. Oh, I it, don't know. I mean, if, oh, if you've yeah, had two bites so. of the cherry and you've absolutely stunk the place out, it no, makes it difficult I, to justify I, bringing somebody like that on again. 
because then he would be tarred as right. just an offensive coordinator rather than a head coach material. Yeah, but I think he'll be all right. He's got what five rings, four rings, something like that. I think he'll be all right. People have got short well, memory. You know, Bill, Bill Belichick's got those rings. Yeah, that, that's okay. how he's getting them. But yeah, we forward to Gareth. Sorry, Nadji. The fact that despite the ticket prices, which El Presidente alluded to on Twitter, I saw your little tweet, Lee, saying yeah. this was a game. We're going to go to- ah, so it wasn't particularly the the game day ticket prices that was expensive. It was the actual flights and hotel that yeah, were well, extortionate. It's New Year's Eve, though, yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, New Year's Eve in Vegas. <laughs> Despite all that, sixty percent of the fans in attendance, Gareth, should be rocking the red and gold, which well, just goes to show that was pre car news as well. well I'll, yeah. I'll just correct you there. There's sixty percent of the tickets being sold to Forty Nine er fans. Southwest have cancelled all the flights. Whether or not all these ticket holders actually get to Vegas is a different. Oh really? Oh, yeah. is that because of storms? I'm not entirely sure why they've cancelled them. Right, okay. Interesting. Scared, scared Raiders fans. Um, We should win this game by a lot. Um, I think if we want to, A, carry on the momentum we're in, and do, to not start doubting, you know, because that, you can really fast turn around in this league. If we have a very poor showing against a team that's in disarray like this, and we win by three or on, you know, field goal on a buzzer, or if they, you know, do a lateral and two balls that goes and score on the last play of the game, uh, like they need to have to win games. Um, if we don't win decisively, um, question will start being raised because people love hating us and, uh, and yeah, so we need to put this to bed. I think it's, this is one of those where I will say, good team needs to beat bad team, and this needs to be a beat down. It needs to be not even close. It needs to be decisive and done. At, you know, at the end of the middle of the second quarter, this game needs to be in the books. Um, so yeah, I hope that's what we can do, and I know we can do it. Um, so yeah, I'll tell you what. I hope we absolutely humiliate the Raiders. Yeah. For, for one well. reason one reason only at the moment, did you see that video of the Raiders fan absolutely chewing out that Patriots fan? I did. I yeah. did. I hope we absolutely humiliate them because of her. Yeah. She, she <laughs> was absolutely of... disgusting. Yeah, that was, that was pretty. It's a fair and yeah. reasonable point to make, I think. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, no, that was not pretty. Let's not paint with a wide brush, though. Not all Raiders fans are like this. I've got a lot of Raiders fans. Friends. No, so, so that's why I actually specifically mentioned her. Not her, Raiders yeah. fan in general. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Just her. Uh, yeah, she deserves to have a, yeah. a, a nice little bit down. A, a crappy uh, new year. A crappy new year for her, yeah, for sure. Some, uh, some news this week. Debo was seen on the practice field again. Do you do you play Debo? Do you try and knock off a bit of rust and give him some snaps or, or not rush no. him back? No, next week. We're, we're still got a week next week. Just take it easy. Maybe maybe a little bit. Maybe, you know, a snap or two, just to see how it feels. But I wouldn't I wouldn't rush it. We need him for the playoffs. Well, uh, Ray Ray McLeod has possibly made a, a little bit of a stab for his job there, I think, with his uh, rushing touchdown. Uh, do you think we'll see a little bit more of Ray Ray and possibly Davis Price again? We're going to stick with those two? I don't want to call it because it's impossible. <laughs> God knows. I think you're right, Dolly. Um, Mason's injury might have been worse than we knew or thought. Yeah. And that's why TDP got the nod. Um, yeah, we'll see Ray Ray because he's been playing really well. And uh, we need, he needs to build a chemistry with Brock and, and having an extra target. I, I wouldn't mind seeing a bit more Danny Gray. You know, it'd be nice to get out of your back pocket to see what he can do. Um so, should we uh, move on to some bold predictions? Only two yeah. games left. 
of the regular season. So if you're going to go bold, now's the time to do it. I hope you've got something ready, Nick, or do you need a moment? Oh, no, I'm ready. <laughs> oh, you go ahead. Go first. Oh, it's simple. Niners are putting number 50 burger. Oh, I was going to say that. I'm going to have to change mine. We destroy them. And we don't. And we put up 50 and they, they struggle. They struggle. I think yeah. they maybe get yeah. 10, 15 points maximum. Yeah. And I think, I think some of those are pity points. I'll go next. Uh, I think I, I agree with you, Nick. I was going to say that, but I think half of those points would be defensive points. 25 defensive points. Yeah. I've got, you know, maybe a... I, it's hard 25, though. Because I said three picks. I, three pick six, 21. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's only 18, so I guess mm. 25 is hard. But yeah, uh, at least half a, of the points would be defensive A lot of points. safeties. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Six safeties. <laughs> okay, so I'm going incredibly bold as per usual. I mean, I agree with Nick. I think it's going to be a huge score to us. Um, I don't agree as far as the pity points. I don't think they're going to get any points whatsoever. I think we'll shut them out. In fact, I think we are going to be so good on defense that they'll complete less than 12 passes. Ooh. I mean, it is Jared Stidham, so it is very much possible. 12 passes. I like it. I like Ooh. it. Well, I thought my score was pretty bold. <laughs> I was getting ready for this show. And then Nick this was like... This is score. This is Nick, prediction. prediction. Well, Nick dropped his yeah. score. And so, I yeah, mean, bold predictions. I mean, how do I top Lee with Borsa getting 19 sacks or something? When it was the game. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think Kittle continues his rich vein of form. I say a minimum of two touchdowns for Kettle. I'm going to say Brock has a game for the edge. I think this is going to be Brock's best game. I think he's just going to smash all the records he's done so far in terms of, you know, passes completed, yards, touchdowns. I think we see a Russian touchdown from Brock Purdy. I think Kyle's going to get into his bag of tricks. And uh, I'm just really looking forward to the game. If the score goes the way these three chaps have said, so I'll save my score at the end. But yeah, my bold prediction there, Gareth, I think Kittle's going to continue. A minimum of two touchdowns in this game. Great stuff. Would love to see that. I think Nagy stolen one of mine. I also had three interceptions uh, down as one of my bold predictions. I've got uh, Bosa to score a TD because I think he needs to uh, round off his uh, defensive player of the year with uh, with a good score this year. Uh, and I also think we're going to have a player score a TD for the first time this season. I don't know who it's going to be, but there's David Price. Uh, uh, David oh, Price. Sammy yeah. Womack, Mason, Jordan Mason, Tyler Croft, Danny Gray. I think Mike Wisniewski in the back. <laughs> Mike McGlinchey. <laughs> Did you see the footage of Purdy and McCaffrey in training where McCaffrey throws it and Purdy pulls it in one-handed? If Kyle dies a pass, dials it up where McCaffrey throws a pass to Purdy in the end zone, I think Nagy will definitely get that jersey on it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> I think it won't be the only one. So, yeah, some good bold predictions there. I also have Ayuk getting, I think it's about the 120 yards he needs to break a 1,000 on the season. Uh, I was thinking of going for George as well, but I think George needs over 200. So I think he might have to wait. Well, there's, there's your bold yeah. prediction then, Gareth. Yeah, George well, over 200. Just do it. Go on then. 
This is going to be our most downloaded episode because Alex Simpson's going to be running out with notepad writing all these bold predictions down, fact checking us. He's going to be, lads, calm down, I can't keep up with yourself. Oh, uh, some score predictions. I think a couple of you have given away, given away who you might think uh, might be winning the game. Uh, we've got 10 point favourites. I saw it's nine point favourites, and I think the over under 45. Yeah, 42 and a half I've got, yeah. Um, I'll go first. Um, I agree with Nick. I'm going to go 52-14. Nice. Lee? 45-0. Wow. It's not a 50-burger, though. No, it's not a 50-burger, but it is a shootout. It is, yeah. Paul? I had 37-9, and I thought that was bold, but clearly I didn't get the memo. So 37-9, and the Niners, Gareth is marketing. It's probably more realistic, let's face it. It's the NFL, but... Yeah. Not not that bowler. And Nick, and Nick. He doesn't have uh, scores, but we will say uh, win but win between 35 and 40 points. He doesn't do scores, but we definitely put him a 50-burger. He did say 50-burger, uh, and they'll only score 10 points. So that's, he said... Yeah, basically said 52 10. That's what he said. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a very similar to Paul. I've got a Niners 31 to 9 victory. I need, I need them to get that other offensive uh, shutout from the uh, from the end zone to get my season prediction of three. So no, I've only you, got you two. Got, you got that, right? No, you got that already. We, we shot three offenses already, haven't we? Sure, we did. Two. Yeah, Seahawks, they only scored on special teams, and then we shut out the Saints entirely. The Rams got nine points. Is there a touchdown in there? Can't remember. Saints. Maybe I'll have to go back. Maybe I've already got it. Anyway, yeah. let's check. Was that a touchdown? Let's see. Field goal, field goal, field goal. Yeah. Against the Rams. Field First goal. game against the Rams. Oh, yeah. well, we'll we'll go, go for four, four shutouts. <laughs> So the uh, playoff race is uh, heating up. With two games left, who do you think is going to sneak in to the wildcard spots in the NFC? Uh, assuming, I guess, that the Cowboys are already one of them. Who have you got for the other two? Um, Naji. I, no, I, I think Lee stole it in earlier. I think the Packers are sneaking in, to be fair. Packers yeah. and Giants. Packers and Giants. That's, that's really boring. I think don't the Packers have to win both of their game and... The two, the Packers and the Lions need, yeah. lose both of their game. That's correct. Like yeah. that. It's that, pretty wild. Yeah. It is, but I just playing. look at the fact that Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers, and I, I may be wrong. I haven't focused too. I much don't think I'll make it. In, but uh, yeah. I hope they don't make it because my friend who's a Packers fan has started to be more chippier recently. So yeah. I want him to be quieting down again. <laughs> I think it'll be Lions Giants. I, I kind of want the Lions to be in it. They've, they've been entertaining. Um, uh, and I think the Giants will make it just because they they won loads of games early on and it's going to help them. Uh, and I think the Panthers were getting and not the Bucks as a as division winner. Wow, that is an interesting one. Um, wild card, um, I think it will be. Believe it or not, I I think it's going to be the Commanders, Commanders and Lions. Possible. Although it's, it's rough for them as well, isn't it? I think it, they it have is. to win out. And but they've got such a good defense. Have to lose. Yeah. 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 But Carson wins. <laughs> Which, by the way, forgot to say on the Washington review, I called out, called out Carson Wentz will play. I called yeah, out. Did, yeah. I just want to... Well, I said that, G. Nick texted me and said, you guys, you always call it. And I'm like, why are you surprised? Why I'm, people... I'm happy about <laughs> this one because that doesn't it. happen. That often. I'm happy about that one. 
Mick, your uh, NFC wildcarders? I'm actually going to go with Lee, to be honest. I think he's uh, got his spot on there. I think it's going to be the commander's defence is going to get them in. And uh, let's say Lions to sneak in as well. I think it's going to be as as you were with the Giants and commanders are just going about they're going to hold it on, hold on to it. I don't see that the others have got enough momentum to to, for someone to come sneak in. And yet anyone but the Seahawks. (laughs) No, do you know what though? The Seahawks will be good because if we play the Seahawks, we'll destroy them again. And three times in one season is just perfect, isn't it? So wonderful. Anything else on the game before we wrap it up? There we go. We'll wrap it up then. Thanks for joining me, gents. Thank you. No problem, man. To the to the show. Uh, you could end the new year or end the old year by giving us a like, a subscribe, a comment, or a share wherever you get your podcasts. And we will be back sometime early next year to pick over the leftovers of the Raiders game and look ahead to the regular season finale at home to the Cardinals. Until then, happy new year to you all, and go Niners. Go Niners. Go Niners. Niners. Bang, bang, Niner gang. We love the San Francisco 49ers deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, Stiff Farm going 99. Don't get it twisted. One and all with Rob Tom. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the side.